Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that, indeed, is sweeping the nation, taking over the country, everybody. Taking over the planet. That's right. It's One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for subscribing, downloading, commenting, uh, listening in, making this part of your day, however you've chosen to do so. I do so appreciate that. Uh, tell a friend, folks, spread the word. We are, uh, numbers are trending up, up, up. I think we've hit like 150,000 downloads for the year already. I'm absolutely loving these numbers. Appreciate you guys uh, uh, really taking time and commenting and liking and all that, wherever you've chosen to download the show from. I want to make more of these, quite honestly. We've got some very exciting stuff in the works to hopefully bring this in this here podcast to a broader uh, broader level and make more and produce more episodes of it and bring in more guests and everything else. And that's all up to you. And we do appreciate it. I am Jeff Mance, by the way, as if you didn't know, names in the title of this show, baby. That's right. Um, you can find me, you can hear me every weekday on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on the Elite Sports Show. You could follow my work over at Fantasy Guru, home of the 2021 Fantasy Football Draft Guide, full season draft guide, best ball, dynasty leagues, rankings, projection, coaching breakdowns, offensive line breakdowns, IDP. Good. Lord. There's nothing that we don't do legitimately nothing at all folks so get over there the draft guides on sale now early bird pricing uh at least to the end of june but we're getting we're creeping up here all of a sudden folks so make sure you're in with us say hello in the chat room it's 24 7 so get over there and check that out you can find me at elitefantasy.com as well uh we'll talk a little bit about our brand new tool for elite fantasy subscribers in the daily game that's where you play daily fantasy sports right now baseball postseason nba nhl we've got pga mma esports nascar soccer everything in the daily fantasy sports arena we have for you lineup optimizers projections how to's lineup coaching uh, all of that is there. And uh, we got a brand new summer special that actually includes preseason NFL folks. Good Lord. Uh, very, very good deal from now through the end of August. So get in over there, elitefantasy.com, elite sports betting for all your legalized sports betting needs, including all the sports I just mentioned. You can follow me, Jeff Mans, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Folks, it's a lone wolf show today. I am, I literally just edited the Sirius XM show and I'm coming off that. I really should apologize to people for the first hour of the program. I got pissed off and I'm still pissed. I plugged in this microphone. I'm recording this on my PC right here in the studio because I'm not even leaving. I'm not even getting up because the fire I'm pissed off. And there's a number of things that really are bothering me. And we've got a lot of guests lined up in future episodes. So I'm going to vent a little bit on this show. I am going to bring you fantasy football talk. I'm going to talk some fantasy baseball, believe it or not. Um, talk about the smash tool over at elitefantasy.com. Just go through that with you, how we built it, why we built it. 
everything, some of the backstory that our subscribers, I've been promising this tool for almost a month now, and it's just live as you hear this, just live now. It's taken a while. I'll tell you the backstory on that. Uh, I'm going to go through some NFL news, the Julio Jones trade. I owe you some thoughts and comments on that. Uh, We'll get into the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay, Deshaun Watson situation in Houston. We'll talk about uh, running backfields, running backs that uh, I will, the teams that I backfields, I will be investing in backfields. I will not be investing in, in 2021. Um, hopefully get to some bold predictions. Uh, I've got what 15 of my bold predictions already posted in the draft guide over at fantasy guru. And uh, we'll tell you guys what bold predictions I'm making already here in early June for the 2021 NFL season and why, why I like certain players, why I like certain teams, you know, all of that good stuff. So we got a lot to get to here as well, folks. So appreciate you listening in on this episode. So let me get into it. All right, let me just dive into what's pissed me up. Number one, it, it, it's a bunch of things, but it all goes around one premise. I fucking hate cheaters. I hate them. I fucking hate people that cheat the fucking system. Listen, do we all do what we can to to get the right angle? Do we all do what we can to get an edge? Sure. Big different cut corners. Absolutely. I mean, come on. I'm not, do not mistake anything I'm about to say as if I'm a fucking Boy Scout. I'm not. Far from it. Okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about overt balls to the wall known ass cheating all right it's it's not oogling your coworker that i'm talking about i'm talking about banging the your your wife's best friend in your own bed dude there's levels to everything everything's got a level and right now major league baseball is a fucking catastrophe a catastrophe Garrett Cole coming out, Garrett Cole, $324 million contract is like, yeah, all of a sudden his spin rate has gone down by 30% over his last two starts. Asked about whether he used, he, he used this item called Spidey Tack or Spider Tack, and he didn't know what to say. Oh, but, oh, but, oh, but. Bottom line is Garrett Cole knows he's caught. They know what he, they don't just know he's using something. They knew what he's using. They know that he stopped using it. And a lot of these pitchers, Trevor Bauer, others are all of a sudden stopping using it. And their production has gone down considerably over the last couple of starts. And this is going to continue going on around major league baseball for a while. So again, hope you, hopefully you guys didn't spend up for starting pitching. Your boy tried to warn you. I tried to warn you and so many different reasons, injuries, inconsistencies, just these guys won't be used. There's so much smoke around them. Starting pitchers are a disaster, but folks, if you're anywhere near my age and chances are, if you're like 21, you're probably not listening to the show. If you're a young guy or gal and you're listening to the show, if you're under 25, listening to one man's opinion for one, hit me up at Jeff underscore man's the Jeff man's on TikTok. I want to know, I want to hear I wanna, where are my young people at? Cause I know my audience skews a little bit older. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. It's my people. If you're 35 years old, you live through the steroid era, of major league baseball. 
right? You've lived through it. And now you're living through the, you, you didn't know it, but you were born into the amphetamine era in Major League Baseball. Then it became the steroid era in Major League Baseball. And now it's the doctoring the baseball era in Major League Baseball. I, I don't think this is a problem with people. I think it's a Major League ba- Baseball problem. Said it for a while now, and it's absolutely out of fucking control. Police your game. Rob Manfred needs to be fired immediately. He has let the national pastime go to complete freaking waste. Complete fucking waste. It's a disgrace what's happened in Major League Baseball. Why, who, why are people drawn to cheating so much in baseball? They can't get enough of it. They can't stop themselves. And it, it just... You know why it pisses me off? All right, I'm not just going to rail on baseball. You guys heard me do that on the SiriusXM show. I want to get into why it angers me so much. I've had to live with it in a lot of ways. Here, let me tell you a backstory. You guys have heard a lot of episodes now. I've had many family members on. I've talked about my dad. I've talked about my mom, my upbringing. Um, I live my life with a chip on my shoulder. It'll never leave. It, it's there forever. I constantly feel motivated from where I came from. Grew up on the south side of Chicago in an area known as Burbank, uh, Bridgeport temporarily. I lived in Robert Taylor homes very briefly as a kid moved out to the suburbs and very poor neighborhoods and all that. I, my brother, I have the youngest of five, two brothers, two sisters, all older. Parents both passed away for over a decade now. Grandparents I never met on one side. Uh, Grandfather died at 13. Grandmother died at 21. Uh, I don't, it's a hard knock life, if you will. And I've been through it. I don't need any pity or anything like that. It's just, it's taken me everything I've got. All right. And I started this week and folks, I'm going to let you in on a backstory. Those who listen every day or you hit me up in chat or whatever. I've been pretty sick over the last couple of days. I came down a pretty significant illness on Sunday night into Monday and was real to the point that I was set to go to the hospital after the serious XM show on Monday. I didn't. And, you know, I, I'm not advocating not going in and having yourself checked out or whatever, but I felt like I had a handle on, on this, the situation. Um, significant, pretty significant list of uh, uh, ailments, if you will. And um, I, I didn't do it. I felt I owed everybody, I owe the best. I don't, I don't, if I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better in front of the microphone. I'm going to get better working. I'm going to keep doing the coaching breakdowns that I'm finalizing for Fantasy Guru. I'm finishing up the smash tool that I promised my people four fucking weeks ago that's still not up at Elite Sports Data. It is up now, but it's pissing me off. Again, it's nobody's to blame. It's all just a bunch of little fucking nuances that keeps getting in the way. But what I'm saying is I'm fighting through it. What I'm saying is it's not been easy. What I'm saying is every day that passes, I feel like I've given my entire fucking life and soul to have and provide a better life for my family, people around me, my coworkers, my, uh, the subscribers, everything, whatever I can do, I'm willing to do it. And it's the only way I know how. When I see people taking the shortcut, 
and I don't mean just, you have an opportunity to, okay, go ahead. You know, you're driving in the, you're driving in the uh, carpool lane, but you're only one person. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that go just shady as shit, just shady, dirty people that rob people that steal people that, that just are lazy. They don't work hard and Hey, they have to steal a loaf of bread to feed their family. No, talk about people that don't do dog shit all day. They sit around their fucking asses and then they go and rob people. Those are the fucks I'm talking to. That's what I see. I'm talking about the people that got $300 million contracts that are fucking around. You know what I mean? That don't, they, they are, they want so bad to do well that making 10 million a year, $15 million a year isn't enough. They have to cheat and get 30. You know, they take, you don't think so. They take away from the rest of the league. There's not infinite amount of money. Somebody doesn't have to get a $300 million contract. You could have give three people $100 million contracts. And then you could have give three more people $8 million contracts, you know, for that 324. Easily. That's a lot of different families, a lot of people that affects. It's a better impact than giving it all to one. If one guy deserves it, so be it. I'm not saying anybody shouldn't deserve, get what they deserve. Jeff Bezos is rich because he did, he made something that we all rely on. Of course. I'm saying this when he had to cheat to do it, when he had to lie to do it, when he had to manipulate. That's what I'm talking about. I'm infuriated by it. And I, folks, you all, and again, this is an older audience. I know this. We're all at different stages of our life. Most of us at, at our age has worked our asses off or done whatever we've had to do to live a better life, provide a better life for whoever is dependent on us, including ourselves. Maybe it's just for yourself. Maybe you're egomaniac or maybe you just care about yourself. Uh, it's your decision. You could do that. That's nothing wrong with it. Let's do it the right way. You know, do it the right way. You don't have to take from others. All right. You don't have to take from other people. You don't have to lie about it. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to steal. And so what I see with Garrett Cole, Major League Baseball, and, and this whole situation is something quite personally. I, I've been through it the last couple of years with elite sports. We've done the podcasts about it. We've talked about it openly. I have tried and I remain I have been as calm and as responsible and as respectful as I possibly can be. But let me tell you guys something. What I had to deal with, with these people, the terms in which I signed my original contract to come over and what I found out about the people I worked with and was working with and, and the lies, the deceit, the cheating of the system, the fucking outward bullshit, that was constant. And by the way, I see it again, still prevalent by all the same fucking people. It infuriates me. Infuriates me. Because while they go out and lie and take all the shortcuts and all the short paths and everything else, it was me. And it was a very select few of our guys out there every day every day taking care of the customers that were proud. They would go make fucking crazy promises and embellish everything and lie about this. And, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to promise this. We're going to, 
and then never have any intention on delivering. Except I'm sitting here, and it's my reputation too. So who do you think had to do it all? Those at Elite Fantasy, those at Fantasy Guru, those at Elite Sports Bank know exactly. And I'm not putting down the people we have in place now. It's a different environment now. But this is, it's the motion is too raw for me. I watched it. And I made, and by the way, I made less money for it. They lied to me about my earnings. They lied to me about what I was making. They manipulated the system. They took money from business accounts to pay their fucking housekeeper and their rent and their drug habit. They lied and lied and lied and lied and lied and lied. And I see them now at other companies lying, lying, lying. I see people who I respect greatly. People are doing great work in this industry, being caught up in it again, just as I did. Fucking pisses me off. Fucking pisses me off. Folks, if you're in the fantasy sports industry, and somebody tells you that they're going to sell their company. Who sold for hundred million? No, they're not. For one, you need to know I've sold two companies. I don't know anybody else in our space that's done that. Right. I don't think it's happened, but maybe a couple have, I mean, churning groups, buying things and action network. There's a couple, there's a few, but if you're working for one of these guys and you hear this, please do your due diligence. Contracts must be signed in filed don't don't believe that they're going to go file the paperwork because i went through this we did this i did this signed contracts and fortunately it takes a lot to get one over on me i check in i'm the worst nightmare of these fucks because i'm no guy who wants pen to paper make sure they're spelling their names right make sure they're given their right addresses make sure they're given the right social security numbers make sure they're filing paperwork with the IRS make sure they're filing paperwork with uh, the small business administration make sure they're doing that these guys are out here taking money from all over the place from they're, they're borrowing and borrow I, I, I'm on calls hearing about people borrowing money from this, borrowing money here, borrowing money for here, and then making big announcements on social media. Hey, we're hiring these people. Hey, these people are getting ownership. They, they're lying, lying to you, manipulating you. They're bullshitting you. And when the whole thing sinks, when the scheme, when the gimmick sinks, they're, they're, these people are banking on just a flood of customers coming in and footing the bill, and, and all they're going to do is take the money. There's, there's no way it works because I've watched them just take and take and take money away and take money out of the company. I've seen them. You give them access to the money, they just take it all to feed whatever habits they have. Look at them moving around, moving from place to place to place, jumping all over the place. Why? Because it's a paper trail. They're goddamn con artists. And I was stuck with it for years. Bunch of lying fucking thieves. Not anymore. Not anymore. We cleaned it out. We did something that's unprecedented. It's impossible. Thriving as a result. Building great people around us now. Totally different. How we did it, I'll never know. I'll never understand how we were able to get out from that that blanket of just filth. But be careful. And as customers, don't believe it. Don't believe it. The bullshit that's out there 
is just absolutely atrocious. Believe in what you see. Have somebody talk to you, discuss things with you. Don't, everybody's social media is bullshit. Even mine, right? Even mine, all of ours. It's, we're all just promoting something. I need to promote just like everybody, right? We all do it. I was one of the OGs of promoting on social. No doubt about it. But I back up every goddamn thing I do. Everything I say is done. That's why it pissed me off about the smash tool. Now, if you're asking what the smash tool is, it's another thing that makes me mad. I did promise to our customers a month ago. I didn't deliver it for weeks. Reason is it wasn't right. Kept having little nuance, little problem here. The color coding, the numbers, the decimal didn't work. The 14-day the segment didn't work. So the brand new lingo at our collection of sites, Elite Sports Network, that's EliteFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. Our new site is called EliteSportsData.com, okay? Elite Sports Data is free for all of our subscribers currently. All right, we just, we're giving it everybody for baseball, basketball, and NHL. You get all the stats there. We have football. We have all the other sports going up very soon. But my smash tool is something that's never been done in the history of baseball analysis. Not anywhere, not in Major League Baseball, nowhere. It's where we have combined, I've taken all of the pitching info, meaning the stuff you get at Baseball Savant, all the the pitch mix, fastball, four-seamer, two-seamer, sinker, split finger, slider, curveball, knuckle curve, every pitch mix, every pitch, the value of the pitch, weighting it against the average of the league, weighting it against each other, okay? Then I took the zone data, something that has been, I've done for eight, no, 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 yeah, seven, eight years now, but I, I'm never able to get every player and every pitcher matchup data with the zone and all that. Meaning, what I mean by zone data is if a guy hits, a guy hits the basic data in fantasy baseball and daily fantasy baseball is like this. Um, if tonight, if Garrett Coles, because he's on my fucking mind, is going up against Mike Trout and they're both great pitcher, great hitter. Well, which one do you value? Well, it's hard because you're never wrong going with Garrett Cole when he's put sticky tack, spider tack on. You're never wrong going with Mike Trout. However, is this the right time? Well, what is the what does the advanced data say? Well, the pitchers, Mike Trout hits 370 against four seam fastballs, but he only hits 268 versus sliders. He hits 242 versus sliders on the lower outside edge. Garrett Cole happens to hit that lower outside edge with a slider on 41% of his, uh, his sliders, which is above, you know, you get eight quadrants. I'm sorry. You get uh, 12 quadrants technically. Uh, and no, that's not true. Nine quadrants. We only did nine quadrants because uh, that was the only way to parcel the data to get all the zone mixing. And so the data will tell us, all right, we know how good Mike Trout is. We have all that locked in. We know how good Garrett Cole is. But what about Cole versus Trout? What's the match really say? Not just that this guy hits 400 and this guy hits, this guy's 168 ERA. 
No, what about this? When he throws this pitch in this zone, what does it mean? What about that pitch in that zone? Taking all of that, combining it all down into one, one score, one rating, measuring each of those pieces against the league average, against those players' averages, and weighting it all and giving that a score and seeing where the advantage lies. That's what we did. Never been done. And it's taken me two years to do it. We started work on Smash Score in 2019. It was late summer. It's probably about this time. I can't remember our first prototype that went to uh, what, that we wanted to do this back in 2019. Me and Ray Flowers, at baseball guys on Twitter for my guy, Ray Flowers. Um, we started hammering into this back then. And when we worked on it, a ton in 2020 because we had nothing else to do for a while. We had a couple of months where we just ranched and ranched and pulled data and our, and ultimately our guy, Rusty at Rusty nuts on, uh, on Twitter, our tech guy, our man behind the scenes, the, the behemoth that is rusty nuts. You know, he's the guy that pulled it all together for us. He's the tech guy. He's the guy who built these, all the models. And it's, it, it's taken you know, 85 statistical models to all bring it into one. It's a robust effort. It's a monumental thing. And it's something that's never been done. And I think other people will hear about it. People will um, think of, think about doing it. And they'll say, oh, you can't do it. can't be done. We didn't think so at first. When Ray and I were first talking, we're like, nah, it's too much. It's too big. But then we said, well, what if we did it? What if we just did small sections? How... Um, Former co-worker of mine uh, used to talk about eating the elephant. How do you eat an elephant? Tiny piece by tiny piece by tiny piece. Never be ashamed of minor, take a, a small steps, baby steps, right? What about Bob? Baby steps, Bob. Take a small step, small step, small step. All of a sudden, each tiny easy step and you're climbing the mountain. Each tiny bite, you're eating an elephant. You're getting things done. And that's how we've done it. Okay, so another thing, though, that has pissed me off about the smash tool. And um, it, by the way, we have it for pitchers. And uh, the other thing about all oh, the other here's the other element that took longer for all those that have been waiting on me for the last couple of weeks. Well, uh, the last couple of things is that we I wanted to go like for the pitchers. I wanted the pitchers versus that day's starting lineup. Right. And that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't want it against random hitters. I didn't want it to pull in guys who are on the injured list uh, or anything like that. You know, I didn't, I didn't want that. And then for hitters, I don't want, I am not doing this bullshit anymore where we're going hitter versus starting pitcher. That's dead to me because the starting pitcher is around four innings. Not even half the game in a lot of cases. And if they are around longer, that's a bad matchup anyway. So what we did is take starting pitcher. We also have every bullpen player in there, but we have a little box at the top for probable starters. That's the way to go for DFS. Okay. Um, so we do that versus the starting lineup. That's the best way to do it for hitters. We did it against the starter 
and all available bullpen arms that day. So getting that, making sure we have the active bullpen players on a given day, not somebody who went on IL two days ago, that doesn't, cause that may factor things. That shit swings it vastly. This is a perfect tool. We accept nothing but perfection with it. And that's what we've rolled out. The beta testing that has been done, uh, really been done for the last couple of months has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, like it'll, your mouth will, like you can't believe the results. Nothing's perfect. I, I Okay, this is a perfect tool. This isn't going to give us the perfect answers because it does. I wish life worked that way. It's not going to, it's not going to, you're not going to win 100% of DFS contests. I, I want to be clear with that. That's not, I'm not promoting that. I don't want anybody to get misrepresented on that because then I'll be a fucking liar like these other deadbeats. I'm not that way. That's not me. What I mean by it is the tool is perfect, it brings who these players truly are, what they do well, what they don't do well, assigns them a weighted value against each other and gives you the best matchups and the worst matchups. And so we take starter versus the full bullpen, everything that's available. That was the hardest part. That's what taken four weeks. We had this done four weeks ago and tested and everything good, ready to roll out. But it kept coming up random players that pop up on IL the day before and they would factor in. And I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't, I want our users not to have that. So, you know, me and Rusty fight and fight and fight and argue and argue and, and try to get over. Is it good enough? Yes. Is it done? No. So this is something that would have been rolled out a year ago in, in order to sell more product. Um, if we had the you know, other people that we <laughs> used to work here, they would have demanded and probably got their way because they were crying wine that we had to roll it out and uh, they would have rolled out a shitty version of a great idea. And we just don't do that anymore. It just doesn't work, right? So we, we're not going to be about that. The other thing, why well, I'm pissy about it, well... Let's get into that. While I'm pissing people off, why didn't I piss the world off? Today, right before the Sirius XM show, I saw, or I didn't see it. Somebody sends me a screenshot of another company that says, uh, hey, for today's core four, tune in here. Like, really, man? I've been doing core four for five years for uh 2016 yeah it's five years um core four live stream core four and articles core four products i mean we do it on the serious xm show every day i understand uh, nobody's patented the words core and four next to each other but give me a fucking break it's not just this folks we right now people are ripping us off ripping me off ripping my work off left right and center I was upset last year. I went at it with somebody. I won't say who, because I respect their work immensely. But that came out and said, it's never been done before. Look at coaching systems and how that impacts fantasy. And I'm like, guy, I've been doing this 15 years. 15 years. Don't pretend you don't know. I've said it to your face. You're not inventing coaching systems. You're not inventing. I, I invented it. 
if anybody, years ago. I love people doing the work and putting new spins on it. I love that. It motivates me. I want somebody to do better version. That's fine, because I'll just go and leapfrog. I love it. Let's do that. But don't take it as if you own it. You don't own the core four. That's mine. If anybody owns it, I do. Want to share it? Fine. But give me a fucking break. There has to be, you know, there's just, you don't go out there. It, it, you know, in the movie Coming to America, Eddie Murphy movie, that came out with a part two. It was actually pretty good. I saw it on Amazon recently. And McDowell's versus McDonald's. And it, we all kind of laugh because, well, we got two all beef. They've got the Big Mac. We've got the Big Mick. Okay. You know, it's tongue in cheek or whatever. Fine. That happens sometimes. But man, Phil Backer, Sandra Anello, Ray Flowers, Ted Schuster, myself, we can attest every day for the last five, six weeks, we get on the air. We announce our top five of the day. We're doing favorite movies, athletes or characters or something like this. And what happens next thing you know, oh, some other site, literally 10 minutes after we post ours, say, hey, what's your favorite movie characters in a sports movie? Like what? Yesterday, Sandro got Tulio stolen by him. Somebody said, what about Tulio? Instead of, because his number's two, Julio Jones of the Tennessee Titans. Talk about that in a minute. I will get to some fantasy football. Don't worry. Not just all me. Even though most of the show's going to be me. Sorry. Some of you like this. Some of you don't. But it, it, I'm tired of being copied and not credited for the work. People, and it's like, it's gotten to the point where I think I'm done being respectful. I've got to be mean. I've got to be an asshole because evidently that's the only thing that gets people's attention, right? That's the only thing that gets people's attention. I'm just very upset that major league baseball treats people. The fans pay the price. We're the ones paying 324 million. It's not the Yankees. The Yankees fans know go to a Yankee game. How much does it cost? All the money. Yes. Network. How much money does that cost? Everything costs money. Money, 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 jerseys, everything else. Money, 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 money. Every single dollar. We pay all of it. Right? Ownership in sports, these are pass-through organizations. They don't, they, everything's just write-offs. They don't give a shit. Some ownership groups want to win, the Yankees being one of them. So that's why they were aggressive and do it. But we pay the freight for this. When a fantasy sports analyst lies to their people those people who work their asses off to get somewhere they're the ones that miss out when they say hey here's some here here's 10 percent of ownership on something that could never and will never be sold it means nothing you'll never get anything out of it but i'm going to give you this because i'm not going to give you real money the real money is something that the owners are taking and it used to be that way in the fantasy sports industry when i first started it's why i went I worked very temporarily at another organization. Then I went, Ted and I just did our own thing. And the reason I did my own thing is because I'm like, I didn't want to just make the other people work. The owners just didn't pay anybody. They weren't offering to pay. You would have to work for years to get $25 a month back in those days. And that's, that's if you were really successful. And I found that to be bullshit. Now it was much harder getting a footing and establishing yourself, which is why I take my work very seriously, why I protect my work very seriously, right? And it, it screws people over. Ultimately, we are go. ultimately, 
it's going to be you guys. Those of you who listen to this podcast that likely subscribe to my work or maybe you don't, you're thinking about or or past customers or whatever, you're the ones getting fucked. You're the ones getting screwed, man. Because you're going to be promised these things. It's not going to be delivered. They're not going to spend two years developing a tool. They're going to develop. They're going to have an idea. I've seen them work. They come up with an idea and they spend a week on it and throw out some just version that doesn't work. Something that's just garbage. And that's the best you get. You don't get the best products. You don't get the best services. There's a Rob and Peter to pay Paul. They're moving around. They change companies like they're uh, like it's chewing gum or something. And if you're and if you're another company or a rival, and you you see Jeff Bads get a lot of traction on Twitter or Facebook, for one, don't ever be jealous of Twitter or Facebook. You should be jealous of the listener number. That's what you should be jealous of. And you're gonna say, "Oh, but let's just copy what he's doing, and we'll put my spin and my people on it." And I I, I found it. No, you didn't. That it's just ultimate someday I'm not going to give you the ideas. You're going to be on your own having to, to do the heavy lifting. You know, you're going to have to explain this to people. You're going to have to tell people what went into it. You're going to have to tell people the right answer. You're going to have to assign. It's like uh, football coverage, man. I tell you, I've been in situations, uh, whether it's XM or other places where people they try to argue with me on football and arguing a player, uh, you know, fine. But if I learn, if I can tell you don't know what you're talking about, I'll, I'll be quiet. If you ever hear me in an argument on the air or on a, at one of these drafts and I go quiet, what I'm doing is I'm basically giving the other guy rope, just a ton of rope because he's going to say something so fucking stupid because they don't know what football is. They don't know what coverages mean. They don't know that a running back can't just be fast and be productive in fantasy. It doesn't work, right? So I'll I'll let them try to explain. Okay, how does that work against the cover two? And that goes into the Julio Jones trade. Julio Jones trade is the perfect example. Julio Jones gets traded from the Falcons to the Titans, only gets a second round pick. By the way, there were nine trades on draft day, the week of the draft, I should say, all of which returned more than what the Falcons got for a potential future Hall of Fame receiver. Falcons got less back than you got to move up six picks. How is that equal? I This is one of the classic sports things. Of, well, we've always done it this way. We've always paid a huge price for a rookie who's done nothing but now for an established veteran and hall of famer that could complete our team to possibly make a super bowl run. No, we're not going to pay a price for that. Like it's, it's dumb. I mean, kudos to the Titans who didn't have to pay, but Falcons, what a fucking idiots. They are just idiots, but Julio Jones trade. It's the thing people don't understand. I saw this. I saw an analyst fantasy analyst try to tell us, they're like, oh, okay, I have, uh, I think it was four, like some stupid number. By the way, can we all just agree, stop being, stop with the 4.7 more targets per game. That's dumb. Nobody's getting 0.7 targets in a game. Well, on average. All right, well, if that's what you're saying, if that's really what you're saying, 
that somebody's going to get 4.7 more targets per game, then you know what you're really, you should say the truth. You're telling them that that's 80 more targets a year. That's what you're eight. That's 80 more targets. That's what somebody said about Calvin Ridley, that he's going to get 80 more targets this year than he did a year ago. 17 games, 4.7 targets a game, which it's fucking absurd, guys. Come on. You're telling me, based on that, that Calvin Ridley is going to get 220, roughly, 223 targets. The most all time is what, 208? And if we put in, you know, that's in a 16 game schedule. So let's put in one more game, 216. So he's going to shatter the previous record of targets. That's what you're saying. I, no, he's not going to do that. In fact, over a 17 game stretch, Calvin really will get roughly, though, uh, uh, 153. 95 that he was on pace for last year. I don't expect very much more without Julio Jones. And this is where people not knowing football get hurt and hurt themselves because the different coverage that Calvin Ridley's Calvin Ridley will see this year is going to be monumentally different. Number one, it's a different offense. Let's understand. And the offense in Atlanta with Arthur Smith as head coach from Tennessee and Dave Rangum who's from the Chicago bears, bleh. either one of those prolific passing offenses, folks. No, no. Both run based offenses for the most part. So that's likely. And with a defense like Atlanta, they're probably going to try to keep the ball on the ground. They won't be able to, they'll throw it plenty. I'm not that worried about, I think there is a decrease, most likely a decrease in volume pass per temps, pass attempts per game. I think, that's very reasonable to see here in Atlanta. Okay. And it's definitely that way in uh, Tennessee. We'll get to Julio side of it, but I, I got to just got to call people out, man. I mean, so Ridley has seen single coverage, one corner, one person at his zone against zone. For one, it's man, it's zone. There's all different coverages. We need to start understanding that. Okay, I've said it for years. But when they want to stop, when you're Julio Jones, when you're Antonio Brown in the day, when you're Odell Beckham in the day, when you're uh, Tyree Killer, Devontae Adams, when you're, you reach that level, and Ridley's probably at that level at this point, and definitely now without Julio, you are going to get what they call attention. You're going to get a bracket. A bracket means they're going to have a corner underneath and a safety over the top of you. So you, you can only get so deep. You can only get so far away from that coverage that one, if not both those two guys are going to make a play in the football when thrown to you. It's very difficult for quarterbacks to throw into bracket coverage. You have to have the accuracy of an Aaron Rodgers and with the, what the velocity of an Aaron Rodgers. You have, you can't thread the needle in there. It's hard to do. So, that's what Julio was getting. Calvin Ridley saw safety attention on 17% of his routes last year. That's without Julio. What Julio missed? Seven games, six games, something like that. 17% safety attention. Hmm. It's low. 
Now there's a good chance he gets 65%, 70% safety attention on top. And then you also rotate the safeties or I'm sorry, you rotate the coverages, meaning you rotate who is in coverage. When you look at the uh, Atlanta Falcons schedule and now all of a sudden Marcus Lattimore, who always locked horns with Julio Jones. Now he's on Ridley, right? William Jackson of Washington gets him this year. Um, the, um, uh, I can't remember. Oh, let's just go, you know, within the division, Carlton Davis gets him. Now you're going to see the number one corner at every, uh, every single team, Dante Jackson could be JC Horn by then, but we shall see. Giants are on their, uh, their schedule as well. That's good. You know, you're going to get a, uh, you're, you're going to get a, a Dory Jackson or I'm sorry, James Bradbury on him lockdown type guy. You're going to get all the number one corners and you're going to get safeties. So this idea that you're going to get just a huge amount of volume is wrong for at least in comparison to where you were before. Do I think Calvin Ridley will, be amongst the league leaders and targets and receptions. Absolutely do. But he's not going to set records. If you, if that's the way you go into it, you're going to be wrong, just wrong. And then on Julio's side, it's a pass first offense. Todd Downing, what he's done, you know, he only really called plays one year with the Raiders. So I don't expect much to be different was a tight end coach here in Tennessee as Arthur Smith was before him. I don't see a lot changing. They're going to run through Derrick Henry. All right. That's what's going to happen. And then they'll set it up. And AJ Brown's here and he's the alpha really. So I'm not that, I'm not that excited about Julio Jones at all. Julio Jones has never been a touchdown guy either. Now maybe that, that appears to be more of a Matt Ryan problem than anything, but you know, those are my thoughts. It, it doesn't affect anybody significantly. It really doesn't. I think it helps Derrick Henry. It helps A.J. Brown a little bit. Helps the Tennessee offense getting a playmaker like Julio Jones. Whether Jones still has it, I think there's too much focus on that too, where you think, oh, my God, he's A.J. Green doesn't isn't any good anymore. Well, that's one thing for fans to think and fantasy players to think. What matters is what opposing defenses think. And if a guy has earned respect, if he's made big plays in this league, this league is very, very slow to write those players off. Look at all the attention that Antonio Brown got. He did jack shit for Tampa last year, but he got a lot of attention. A lot of attention by opposing defenses because they don't want him to burn. They know what he could do. So, Julio's going to get plenty of safety attention. He's going to draw those safeties back as well. So that's going to free up running lanes. It's going to clear up underneath passing routes, shorter passing routes. That's what it does there. Atlanta? No, it shrinks it. Now you got Russell Gates, the other guy. It's going to be all Ridley. And you could ballyhoo about Kyle Pitts all you like. He's still a rookie tight end that has a lot of learning to do. I think Kyle Pitts will be a great tight end. I don't think anybody will ever be Travis Kelsey or not for a while, at least maybe Pitts is maybe he's the next Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey took three years before he really became himself anyway. And then he had to get a much better quarterback 
different coordinator, the whole lot, like everything lined up for Kelsey. That's not it in Atlanta. Not yet. Not quite yet. Um, Mike Davis is a big winner. Mike Davis just continues to be way under drafted in fantasy football. I was looking at this the other day where uh, Mike Davis starting running back of the Atlanta Falcons. This is ADP is in the sixties right now. Talking about fifth or sixth round for a guy who's going to be a full service running back, catch the passes and a goal line back. You don't get that very often. He's being drafted around Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin and James Robinson, who might not even play, and Josh Jacobs and Michael Carter and Mostert. Meanwhile, the only you know, one of these things is not like the other. One of these things does not belong. Only one in that group that I just mentioned that has their job, that has the passing down job, has the early down job, has the goal line job is Mike Davis. That makes him a great pick, pick at that spot. Great value. Might as well do it. Um, speaking of, of that, I uh, published the running back grid over at fantasyguru.com, part of our 2021 fantasy football draft guide the other day, and um, went through that. The draft, the running back grid has the starter, the handcuff, the third down back. It has everything color-coded based on job security, based on our knowledge of their situations. But most importantly, it has every running back, every team's running back system, the scheme, which is the playbook, the volume, the surrounding elements, meaning the quarterback, the offensive line, the receivers blocking, all of that, everything. The committee, it, it, you know, the percentage of snap share, all of this is accounted for in the running back grid. And thus we do a ranking, the best running systems in football. And the way I draft running backs is real simple. I only target like the top 10 to 12 teams, it's 32 NFL teams, 20 of which I basically rule out. I'm never touching them. The, the worst rushing schemes in the NFL. And remember, this has nothing to do with players. The players barely factor into this. They're, now, a team like the Giants are a little higher on the board because they have a once-in-a-lifetime talent like Saquon Barkley, but – even that, that doesn't move them. They're 21st on the list. So they're outside. I'm not drafting them. I'm not interested in that backfield. But the teams that are the lowest, Houston Texans, dead last. I don't fucking want anything to do with them. Dolphins, 31st. The Lions, 30th. You may think you want DeAndre Swift, but they didn't pay Jamal Williams a boatload for nothing. Anthony Lynn is the offense coordinator. He's the guy that absolutely ruined Austin Eckler's value last year. He ruined Josh Kelly's value, Kalen Balage. He used all these guys, Justin Jackson, interchangeably. He's come out already during minicamp, said, we're going to ride the hot hand. As much as I love DeAndre Swift, it doesn't matter who it is. Anthony Lynn will bring somebody like Balage off the street and plug him into a starting role if need be. I can't buy in the Lions, and I like their offensive line a lot. I like Swift a lot. Uh, New England Patriots, 29. The Jets, 28. Raiders, 27. With Kenyon Drake there, he's going to take all the all the passing routes, man. Jacobs is going to have to have another massive touchdown-heavy year. 
that's going to be rough. Going to be rough to do. Don't forget that Ken and Drake had double-digit touchdowns a year ago. Uh, the Jaguars at 26. Tampa Bay at 25. Look, really, there's six viable running backs in Tampa Bay. Folks, why are you drafting a Tampa Bay Buccaneer running back? What are you doing? When are you going to start these players? The Jets, when are you going to start Michael Carter or Tevin Coleman? Well, Carter's going to have the job by week three. Maybe. Maybe he does. Okay. Is it full start? Is it going to be a goal line back? Do you know how small Michael Carter is? I mean, I don't – if Becton's healthy and Vera Tucker, okay. I, there's something there, sure, sure. But I don't trust it. I don't like that at all. Tampa, I mean – Handcuff your own running backs. Stop drafting the bottom guys. So uh, what at Jaguars 26, Buccaneers 25th, Buffalo Bills 24th, the Eagles 23rd, the Falcons 22nd. See, the only thing about the Falcons is that Mike Davis owns that backfield right now. So that's it's a little bit of interest there. And then I have the Giants 21st and the Chicago Bears 20th in there. The top... The best running back situations, Baltimore Ravens. But, Jeff, they're played by committee. Yeah. You know the Ravens have two of the top four all-time best seasons in the history of the NFL running the football? Number one they own, that was in 2020, 2019. And last year they were fourth all-time rushing yards. Even though, and again, you guys, we're talking about ever. So even with the split, with Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and we know what Lamar's taken away, it doesn't matter. When you have that insane amount of volume, there's enough meat on the bone for everybody. Ideally, you don't want to invest in situations, right, that uh, that have massive amounts of, uh, or any kind of committee, right? You don't, you don't want to be involved in that. It's totally understandable. But, when there's that much meat on the bone, it's going to be a lot of production. And if you can get it at a value, great. The Cleveland Browns are second. Now we know both those guys go super duper high. The Minnesota Vikings are third. Dalvin Cook's second overall in ADP. Understood. And there's the 49ers. They're fourth. And their running backs right now, uh, according to the latest ADP, I was just talking about Mostert. He's going 83 0.74 Trey Sermon's going 87.53. So we're looking at seventh round. I mean, seventh round to get the fourth best running back, get a share of that, or maybe both of them. If that's your seventh and eighth pick. Lock in the starter for the number four best running scheme in the NFL. Do that. That's where you need to spend your time. That's where you that's your investment. Don't try to pick out because you're never going to guess what fucking Buccaneer running back's going to pop. If you do, play the lottery. Do something successful. Texans and Dolphins, stop it. The Chargers are fifth. Joe Lombardi, baby. That's why I love Austin Eckler to absolute death. Who the handcuff will be is tough. I've got Justin Jackson, but it's in red. We don't know. That's going to have to play out during training camp. Dallas Cowboys sixth, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard locked in. We know what we're know we're getting. As long as that offensive line stays healthy, Cowboys are going to rack up fantasy points on the ground. 
Indianapolis Colts, seven. That offense line, Eric Fisher at left tackle, plugging in for Costanzo, who retired this offseason. Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack coming back, Naheem Hines, great group of running backs. It's a great running scheme. The Saints, eighth. We know what Sean Payton brings to the table. I worry about Taysom Hill being that running back or being the quarterback because he doesn't dump off to the running backs like Drew Brees always did. Alvin Kamara's going to take a hit. He's going to take a hit right there. Um, ninth, LA Rams. Go look at what Sean McVay has done with the running back position, folks. It's been Todd Gurley year after year, but even when he's been out and hurt, you look what Akers did at the end of last year, CJ Anderson a couple years ago in the playoff run, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, each having big weeks here and there. Boy, that is a great situation for a fantasy running back. All right, so don't underestimate the Rams. They're ninth. And then 10th is the Tennessee Titans. The Titans got lower a little bit with Downing. Todd Downing does throw more. I, I think they stick to mostly the Arthur Smith script. But we'll see Todd Downing. You don't know what in-game strategies they're going to use. Also, the they have to make Julio Jones at least presentable, have to give him some targets. So we're going to see a little more passing out of Tennessee. A little less reliant on Derrick Henry. Still a big, huge volume. And then the offensive line has regressed, too, uh, in Tennessee. So uh, those are the bottom 10. Those are the top 10 on my uh, RB grid. The whole grid, you could download it and do whatever you like, fantasyguru.com, under the draft guide uh, banner right there for you, everybody. Uh, what else? Uh, running out of time here. I, I will give you guys uh, – the uh, some bold predictions, a bold prediction or two from our draft guide, at least from my ledger, our entire staff. We went through who the AFC champion will be, NFC champion will be. I think the NFC is wide open, by the way. I think they're wide open. My guy, my true breakout player of the year. It's why we put him on the cover of our guide. It's CeeDee Lamb. I think C.D. Lamb absolutely explodes this season, folks. I, I think he just has going to have an amazing year. It's he had such a high re- receiving air. He had more yards and more touchdowns with Dak Prescott than Amari Cooper had. Now Cooper had more targets and receptions, but those were the first five games of Lamb's career. Now he's not just playing in the slot; they're going to play him outside. That's a great setup for C.D. Lamb. Having that offense line back, having Dak Prescott back, it, it's going to be fantastic. He was the first receiver in history to begin their career with five plus receptions and 50 plus yards in the first six games. So I, I have CeeDee Lamb as a breakout uh, player for this year. No question about that. Um, rookie sleeper, you guys know I love Javante Williams. Rookie bust. Jalen Waddle, no chance. Don't even bother. Sorry, I'm just calling it now. Don't even bother. Apps, don't even bother. No interest in a one-trick pony for the Dolphins and a, with a quarterback can't throw deep. Can't do it. No effing chance. The must-have player of the year, uh, I mentioned him just now. It's Austin Eckler for me. You guys know this. Love what Lombardi brings to the table. Herbert, he got a big arm, but he does check down at 16 games. It's 
first game coming back from an injury to Austin Eckler averaged eight targets a game with Justin Herbert, 11 and a half fantasy points per game receiving. Now you don't have Anthony Lynn there anymore. You're going to get more goal line carries for uh, Austin Eckler. Boy, sky's the limit to the freaking moon Eckler this year. So uh, PPR goal, touchdown vulture, first quarterback benched, injury prediction, funny team name, future bet. Oh, we got it all. It's all in the bold prediction section of our draft guide. Again, fantasyguru.com for that. Folks, that's going to do it for me everybody uh what a what a great show i'm glad i got this off my chest hopefully you guys enjoyed it I'm sure i pissed some people off i'm sure they'll hear it and claim to either that they didn't or claim that i don't know what they'll claim i'd love i live and breathe for the day some of these guys tell me it didn't happen or try to pretend like it didn't happen because they don't realize that i screenshot shit they don't realize i saved the financial records they have no idea. They have no clue about it. And uh, I just rue the day. I just can't wait for it. I'm, I'm begging for it every day I wake up in the morning. So, uh, again, fantasyguru.com for the draft guide, elitefantasy.com, the smash matchup uh, breakdown tool every single day over there. All of our subscribers get that, the bullpen usage, the Burr report, which is the bullpen usage and reliever rating system to identify and target what bullpens to use in daily fantasy baseball, elite sports betting for all your daily fantasy sports, or I'm sorry, your, your legalized sports betting needs. Follow me at, at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I want to thank you all for downloading and subscribing, commenting on the show. If there's guests that you want, if there's topics you want me to discuss, football, baseball, other sports, folks, we are here. I do this show for all of you. So um, never be afraid to hit me up. Leave it in the comments section on Podbean or Spotify or iTunes or Google Play, wherever you're downloading the show right there. All right, folks, episode 69, ironically enough, yeah, 69. 69th episode of this show recorded on 6-9. How symbolic is that? Remember, folks, you may disagree with some or even all that you heard during today's show. It's perfectly all right, though. Why? Because it's one man's opinion. That's right. See you next time, everybody. Deuces!